All life is an experiment. The more experiments you make, the better. Rolf Waldo Emerson. what's up and welcome back to another coffee talk today we're gonna to be doing a decaf coffee brew and I figured we could talk about 25 things that are just 25 life lessons I guess from I mean right now I'm a 25 year old but this is literally the last 24 hours that I can say I'm 25 years old so I figured with just theming it off the fact that it's my birthday this week it would be fun to kind of do just 25 of my top lessons, top things that I feel like I've learned in my first 25 years of existence. I don't know, there's probably a lot more than these 25 lessons, but these are the top 25 that I could think of in my recent just recollections and the ones that stood out to me the most when I was thinking about just life in general. I've been doing a lot of reminiscing, you know? Like I said, it's my birthday, so I feel like every time around this year, I kind of just like think back on what the year has taught me and think back, think back, think back on just like how much has changed in a year, where life was then, where life is now, what questions I had then, what answers I found now, and all of that good stuff. So I won't talk too long because we've got 25 things to go through, so let's just jump in. I kind of tried to put them in order as well but at the same time these are all like equally big life lessons so there's really no one that's more important than the other I think they're all pretty implementable first things first though it's the lesson that life is just a perspective so the reason why I put this first and why I think it's the most important is because I think it's the biggest thing that I've come to know in the last 25 years of life is that even when you're younger like everything that you're feeling everything you're experiencing is really all just a perspective based on not only the truths that you've agreed to or you were taught growing up but also just you're looking at life through a lens of your past experiences and your past emotions and feelings and thoughts and the results of those experiences and then basically our subconscious and our brains deep deep down inside of that wiring is firing off all of these connections that are basically creating your reality around you so this is an important one for me because I feel like there's a lot of things that used to scare me when I was younger or scare me even more so a couple of years back like not spooky scary just scare me more in the sense of knowing that I felt super controlled by my anxiety knowing that I felt like no matter how successful or how many things I'd complete or how many goals I would reach it still never felt good enough like I always kind of it made me wonder if I would always feel that way and it's definitely not the case it was just a perspective that I was looking at life through and if you can change your perspective you can literally change your entire reality you can change your entire world you can change your entire life that is probably the biggest truth that I want to say I'm living by right now at 25 going on 26 I'm pretty much 26 the second one is that if you want to cherish your memories then cherish the now this one is also huge a lot of the times when we look back on our memories, again, our memories can change based on the mood or perspective that we're looking at them in right now. So you could look at a childhood memory and think super happy things about it. And then later on in life, you could look back on that same childhood memory and see it differently. And this is huge and important because, I mean, from my own experience, I look back on a lot of my childhood memories and a lot of them started to become skewed after my parents split up and like my family just became this like pocket of, of stress and anxiety for 
for a long time in my life and I felt like that core whatever was like it just felt very it was very emotional it was a roller coaster and so looking back on my childhood also started to feel more emotional and more like a roller coaster so I've learned in my life that if you can cherish the memory that you're having right now in the moment not only will you have a higher chance of looking back on that memory and feeling that sense of happiness and that sense of just like elatedness again but also too I think that when you're in that state of cherishing and appreciating the present moment it makes you look back on your old memories and also appreciate and cherish those moments too the next one is always forward never backwards this is kind of why I got this tattoo on my middle finger the whole perspective on this is truly just even if it's baby steps even if it's incremental inches always move forward never go backwards never go down paths that you know are just gonna take you the long way like learn from your life decisions learn from your choices and always keep picking yourself back up and keep keep moving forward, keep moving on with your life, keep experiencing more because that's really all it's about and never go back towards things that you know or back towards your, your comfort zone. And I don't mean that in the sense of your cozy space because your cozy space and your comfort zone are two very different things. Your cozy space is where you recharge. Your comfort zone is where you procrastinate and avoid and you don't push yourself or challenge yourself. Very different things. The next point that I have or the next life lesson that I have is don't take anything too seriously. And the follow-up on that or too personally. These are two different things, but they're also kind of linked in the same mindset of if you take life too seriously, then everything will feel like the end of the world when it's going wrong. And oh, that was weird. It just got really sunny in my room as I said that. Um, or if you take life too seriously, then you'll be so afraid to you know, I guess get hit or get knocked down or get a little dirty when things are going really right as well. I'm learning a lot about yoga and the yoga sutras for my yoga teacher training, but the big one is non-attachment, which is kind of what I mean by this. It's like, don't attach too much to anything really. And not in the sense of don't attach as if nothing matters to you, just don't attach as if everything matters to you, you know, or that everything defines you. Just don't take life too seriously. Don't take the ups and downs too seriously. And then the follow-up on that is don't take things too personally. I don't know if you guys have ever read The Four Agreements, but this one is one of them that always sticks with me as, as well as be impeccable with your word. But the don't take anything too personally is huge because no matter what, like, like opinions are like buttholes, okay? Everybody's got one. It's a really weird term, but it's one of those terms that always pops in my head every time I read anything or hear anything about myself that I'm just like, ow, that's hurtful. But then I'm like, you know what? You can't take anything too personally in this life. No matter what you do, people are gonna be different from you. And in my opinion and perspective, I think that that's kind of what makes the world really cool. I would get really bored if everything looked the same and everybody liked the same things. You need that sense of friction, not to mention where there's light, there always needs to be dark, where there's, you know, sun, there always needs to be a moon, there always needs to be that balance, where there's woman, there's man, there's always going to be an other side of the pancake. So when you get confronted with people on the other side of that pancake, don't take it too personally. Just be like, yo, you're left, I'm right, or whatever it is, and that's cool. Like, respect it. Don't take it too personally. Personally, don't take it too seriously and keep on 
keeping on. So this next one is probably the hardest one that I would say I learned in my first 25 years of life. If I'm still YouTubing by 50, by the way, let's definitely do an update on this. But the next one is to let go of control. And this is really hard because none of these things, nothing in life is black and white, right? There's always a gray area. It almost feels like everything is like a scale. So it's not like you can just be like, okay, I'm letting go control of literally everything because we do need to take responsibility for our lives. We do need to take responsibility for our happiness. But at the same time, that can sometimes get a little tricky when you think like, okay, then my happiness is my control. So then you try to hyper control everything in order to gain a sense of comfort or a sense of false safety in your own life. So learning how to let go of control, which is a completely different coffee talk I can totally do, but it's not an easy thing to do, especially if you are somebody that struggles with anxiety or you are somebody that struggles with trusting that things are gonna work out for you. But letting go of control is actually the fastest way to regain a sense of freedom and of regain that sense of lightness with life. Kind of goes hand in hand with not taking life too seriously. Is When you're trying to control everything, you're taking life way too seriously. When you're in a state of flow, you're taking responsibility for what you do have control over, but you're not trying to micromanage your life or micromanage yourself. Here's like an easy visual. This is like hyper controlling everything. And then down here is not doing anything at all, not controlling anything at all. Just like throwing your hands up and like never doing anything. You want to get into that state of flow in the middle where you're proactive, but you're not just sitting here waiting to be reactive. You know, you're proactively doing things, but you're not controlling them too much. You're just flowing and taking life as it comes and then making choices along the way. I had like three coffees and I feel like my my energy levels are very high because I'm filming so many coffee talks right now. So for you guys, I know that we might just be talking for the last, what is it, 11 minutes or so. But to me, we're on like hour two. So it's been fun, but yeah, that's why I feel like I'm just like scatterbrained right now. Don't lose focus, what is next? So I wanted to follow up let go of control with this next one, which is have some fun. And I know that some people are really good at this, but I, I don't think that I'm one of those people. I feel like I've recently, that's wrong, okay? I know how to have fun, actually. I know how to have a lot of fun, but I don't know how to always have fun without feeling a sense of guilt. And yeah, I don't know. This one is important to me though, because I do think that it is important to cut loose. It is important to have some fun. It is important to know that, I mean, realistically, when you zoom out and you look at the bigger picture of life, what are we really even here for? Is it to be weighed down and like serious or working all the time? Don't get me wrong. Again, it's that skill. You got to find that balance, but that balance includes having fun and there's nothing wrong with having fun. There's nothing wrong with doing something just for the sake of enjoying it, not for the sake of capturing it or growing in any kind of way, like literally to just have some fun, to dance, to go out on a wild night, to do something crazy, to just like, just have fun, just have fun, just have fun. That's all I have to say about that one, just have fun. So next is to check your guilt. And I kind of just touched on this, but the checking your guilt is, it's a big life lesson for me. And I, I think it's something that I'm trying to be very careful with my words right now, but based on just the certain types of personalities I was around growing up, 
I kind of became pre-wired to feel guilty about almost everything. So the whole check your guilt is important because anytime I'm feeling extremely guilty, I mean, I can feel guilty. This is going to sound very odd, but like I'll post something online and feel guilty because I'll be like, oh, but like what is what did that contribute to society or the fun thing? I'll have fun. I'll go out for a night and then I'll be like, oh, that was so selfish of me. Like I just wanted to like think about myself and have fun for a night. Like that felt weird. Like it's a guilt thing that is not a healthy amount of guilt. So learning how to check your guilt is important if you are that way, because then you'll be able to know when you're feeling guilty, when you're feeling wrong, when you feel like you're in the wrong for something that you actually did wrong versus feeling like you're wrong or in the wrong for doing something that you were completely allowed and entitled to do. And yeah, that's like a tricky one. Again, that's like a really house of mirrors or smoke and mirrors thing for me because guilt is like a hard thing for me to check sometimes, but it's important to be able to check your guilt. And if you feel like you don't trust yourself to check your guilt, have people around you that you can check your guilt for you. Um, good friends, family members to just be like, yo, it's weird. Do I, I feel guilty for doing this? Is this wrong? And you'll have those people to be like, no, you're good. Like go have fun, go do this or live your best life. Like, don't worry about, just don't worry about it. Like you're allowed to have fun. You're allowed to be happy check your guilt. This next one, which is one that I feel like I need to do actually right now, is find your breath. And this one is again super important because life can sometimes start compounding on itself and get a little up here. And it's just easy sometimes to not realize just like how I'm realizing right now, how fast I've been talking this whole coffee talk to just find your breath in those moments, to find your breath in any kind of moment that's making you feel uncomfortable, any kind of moment that's pushing you a little further outside of your comfort zone than you might think you're ready for. Most of the times we really are ready. We just have to get our minds on board, but the best way to get your mind on board with anything is to find your breath, to bring it back into your body, to remind Mind your brain that you're not out there, you're in here. And when you connect to your breath and you reconnect to, in a lot of ways, like that life source of what's keeping you existing and what's keeping you moving and, and living on this earth, it's a lot easier to ground that energy. It's a lot easier to take all the things you're thinking and feeling and be able to bring it down to, to just like anchor yourself a little bit. Finding your breath is one of the simplest things that I think we can all ever do at any given moment in our lives, but it's also one of the best things. Okay, maybe finding your breath in this moment is not the best idea because Bentley just dropped a stink bomb. But yeah, find your breath, just cool yourself down. A lot of the times just taking three really deep, like deep into your diaphragm breaths can really anchor you and bring you back into your body, bring you back into yourself, into the present moment, and then you can carry forward. So this next one is find ways, not excuses. I recently read this book called The Obstacle is the Way, and it was a big eye opener for me because as much as I feel like a lot of the times our excuses are valid. It's not about not validating your excuses. It's just about understanding that there always can be an excuse not to do something. But when you find a way to do something, that's what differentiates, like that's what pushes you past the pack. You know what I mean? And just to give you guys an example, for the last few days, I was feeling a little overwhelmed by how much stuff I needed to get done before I needed to leave for Bali. And then yet I would find myself like taking my, 
my fifth break to do some yoga or stretch. And don't get me wrong, again, I do think that like taking breaks to re-anchor yourself and all of that, it's good to do that kind of self-care again, especially if you're someone that's anxious and my anxiety has been like a lot lately. Definitely important to to just like trust your intuition, but there's a big difference between your intuition telling you it's time to just like anchor for five minutes and then your intuition being like, let's take another 30 minute stretching break as a form of procrastination. And it's because, you know, when things feel difficult, it's going to be so easy to find an excuse to quit or not do something. But when you can find a way to do something, that's how you regain that sense of feeling like you're in control of your life, like a healthy sense of control in your life. But also that's what makes you successful. That's what's gonna make it so that you get things done. You know, the people that are out there just like crushing it are the ones that are finding ways and not excuses, not in the sense of like, don't break your neck. If, the, if your excuse is valid, it's allowed to be valid. Know that you have valid reasons to feel the way you do, valid reasons to feel a little overwhelmed, a little stressed out, a little whatever, but find a way to get it done anyway. Find a way that you can get it done and even more so a way to get it done while you keep that peace of mind and keep your sense of power. I say that one because I think that that's like, in my experience, that's always what brings me back to finding a way is reminding myself like, when I find excuses, I feel weak. I feel like, I, I start feeling down on myself because I'm like, I know I can do this. Why am I just finding excuses? Why am I procrastinating? And when you find that way, it always comes from that sense of like, you know what? I'm going to step into what I can do. I'm going to take control over the power I do have. I'm going to own this situation. And that's usually the mindset that helps me find a way rather than an excuse. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. So this next one is not necessarily touchy, but I do want to make a quick disclaimer before I say it that it might not be everybody's thing. This is just something that I, I myself have been doing a lot of contemplation about and just thinking about, and it's like a deeper topic. I don't know why I'm pre- 
prefacing this so much, but it's to know that you're never alone. And I say that in the sense of you always have God. Now I've made coffee talks and such before about like where I stand with my religion and spirituality. I feel like there isn't too much updates on those aside from just understanding a bit more different terms that I might actually relate to better. But when it boils down to it, I know that everybody's going to have different belief systems and everybody's going to have different things that they have faith in. And I think that that is actually like beautiful. And I think that that's important as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Right. But for me, a lot of it is the same. I, I kind of look at a lot of religions and I look at a lot of belief systems and I see a lot of patterns in them that to me all kind of feed into this one truth that I'm starting to uh, not I, uh, it, uh, these topics get iffy for me because I always know that I just don't want to offend anybody and I also don't want to say something and then have that be like painted on me forever in case I do ever evolve on this belief or change my mind or look at something new. But I guess just for me, the knowing that you're never alone comes from as much as I, I believe in God, to me, God is the same thing as the source. It's the same thing as the universe. It's the same thing as love. It's the same thing as energy. I think all of those things are God. So you can use the word God for it. You can use any other word that you want for it. To me, it doesn't really matter as much, but I just think that understanding that you're, and I think this might be the next one. It is the next point or the next tip of 25 years is that you are part of something so much bigger Again, I know that people might not fully believe that and I'm not trying to push that on you, but in my belief system, we are all a part of something so much bigger. We are all part of one collective energy. We are all part of one collective source. And as much as we here on this earth kind of play this, not mind game, but we just, we get, we get caught up in these self-reflections and these thoughts that make us feel like we're different from other people, but we're all the same. We're all energy. We're all, when you break us down atom by atom, we're the same thing. And so knowing that it really takes that sense of ever feeling like you're alone out of the equation because you can't be alone. You're part of all of this. You're part of the tapestry of life. You're part of the tapestry of energy. So you're never alone. And also you're never alone. If you do find that sense of faith in something, whether it is God or anything else, um, there's times when I wasn't sure about where I stood with the whole God thing. And I used to just feel like I wasn't alone when I would just call upon like my Papa, like it's all really, there's no wrong way to do these things. In my opinion, I think it's just about your intention and, um, having faith in something. So whatever you have faith in is going to always give you that sense of never feeling like you're alone. Like there's something on your side and also just know that you're never alone because you always have us on here. I know that's really corny, but I do think that it's been also just such a blessing to kind of unknowingly now looking at my life, see that we've built this community of people that are just like like-minded individuals that are coming together to create this like safe place to talk about feelings and like mushy things, you know, but I do as, as Coase continues to evolve and grow and there's so many more elements to Coase that I haven't implemented yet, but that I want to like forums, places that we can all kind of connect and talk and, and meetups and all of these things that I, I see for the future of Coase. It's also just the awareness that this place still exists even right here, even if it's the comment section of this podcast or whatever. I, I said I wouldn't tangent 
and it's getting a little corny, but you're always part of the Coes crew, okay? That is my mission with this, is to create a crew of people or a little corner, cozy corner of the internet, if you will, of people that just know that they're never alone, no matter what you suffer with, no matter what you deal with, no matter who you are, what you look like, where you're from, any of that you can always come here. You'll always have a safe place in my heart and on my online platform, so long as you abide by the nice people rules, okay? Treat people with kindness. Next, the secret to happiness is gratitude. Holy crap, there are just like so many times in my life that I wish I could just go back to like me feeling like I couldn't find a reason to be happy. And I know that this is like a cliche one and there are valid reasons again that no matter what you have around you materialistically, you're still like, you can still feel really unhappy. Um, but it's more so a feeling gratitude for what you do have while you're on the, the, the hunt for what you want in your life, you know? And it's not always an easy thing to do. And I've found in my experience that sometimes even the days where I'm writing down today, I am grateful for, that emotion doesn't always show up. But I think it's the fact that if you show up, that's what's important. And in, I did like a full month back at the end of 2019 where I was writing down three things every day that I was grateful for. And the perspective shift that it brought was so wild. So whether you're looking to do a very intensive, like if you feel like you're in a really weird place right now and you take anything from this podcast or anything from this coffee talk today, let it be this. Take one implementable action on your day-to-day -day routine by writing down three things a day you're grateful for, even if you're finding it hard to match an emotion to it. Because I'm telling you a couple days in that emotion will start showing up again it's just a matter of sometimes we put our blinders on in life and you're not ungrateful if you're not doing this already and you're not ungrateful if you're not daily like sitting around like crying and sobbing over how beautiful everything around you is it's just we put on our blinders we get set we set our focus on things and our brain only has so much attention span in a day but I do think that it can become sometimes too habitual to not notice the things around us that are amazing, to not notice the things around us that we once may have wished for that are now here. And when you do create that little space in your brain, in your brain, in your brain, to do that every day, to just be like, oh my God, like my dog is a bundle of freaking sunlight or just to be like, I love my bed or to be like, thank God I have a great meal in front of me to eat for dinner tonight that's going to make me feel full and going to give me nutrients and that I have a job that can help me pay to put this food on my plate and just you start once you start it's hard to not keep going and you'll notice that your overall state of mood and your overall state of just enjoying your life will increase so the trick to happiness is always gratitude. The next one is to tune your thoughts. I say tune because this is a lot of the times how I picture or yeah, like how I picture it in my mind when I'm trying to shift my perspective. So whether I'm meditating or, I mean, I do this a lot of the times when I'm driving in the car, sometimes you won't notice if you're doing something that's very autopilot, like driving or walking or doing something that's in your routine that you do a lot of the times, like showering, that all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I'm thinking about some weird negative stuff. Like you might be thinking about something that someone said to you in like grade five and you're like, I wish I would have said this. Or you're thinking about 
like how rude the waitress was to you at like dinner last week and you're just like I where did they get off and you're just like all and you're like why am I even thinking about this right you just that can sometimes happen and whenever that does happen and I catch myself doing that I like to picture my mind kind of like a dial like those old old school radio dials and I try and tune it to a higher frequency I try and mentally literally spin the knob upwards because the way that I mean it's true like our thoughts just as much as everything else are energy so they run on a certain frequency and what you put out you're gonna get back so it's not it's okay if you catch yourself thinking negatively it's like almost it's pre-wired in our brains because that's our survival mechanism as humans we're meant to look for danger because way back way long before I mean even now but way 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 back in the day we needed to be alert if there was like a saber-toothed tiger or if there was something coming at us right so if you can catch yourself when you're doing it and then just tune your thoughts to a higher frequency, just tune your mind upwards. And the tuning is for some reason that mental image is what really helps me kind of shift it there. It just helps you put back out that good high frequency thoughts, put back out that good high frequency vibrations. And also just like tying it back to the first one, perspective is everything. Perspective is what's going to paint the life around you. So when you tune your thoughts up, you're gonna tune up the general enjoyance and abundance of your life. This next tip is one that I feel very inspired by lately and it's to personalize your standards. This is one of those things that again too this comes with a lot of you have to do some self-reflection on this one and really ask yourself okay what standards have I agreed to that I maybe was taught from someone outside of like what I'm actually looking to achieve. Like for instance, there's a lot of societal standards that are put on us. There are a lot of standards put on us by our parents or our families or our cultures. And so I guess just personalizing your own standards, it's not an easy thing to do because it requires you to beat to the sound of your own drum. It requires you to sometimes stand by things even if it means you're standing alone. A really good example of this, and I will take a second to talk about this just because again, being that this video is themed after 25 points, all I can picture is if I have a future daughter, I will want her to hear these things when she's 25. So I will say the whole personalizing your standards, one of the biggest areas of life that this has changed my entire life, honestly, is personalizing even just like body standards and personalizing gender standards. And those are things that, again, you don't need to overcorrect, but it's just about finding that standard for yourself that is like, you know what's gonna be beautiful to me is when people are happy. What's gonna be beautiful to me is when people are healthy, when people are glowing, when people are taking good care of themselves, when they are, you know, that is going to be my definition of beauty and anything that sits in that criteria is automatically the standard that I'm gonna hold myself to. And that type of personalization and that type of standard setting for yourself and taking that time to reflect, and I, I find it really helpful to write this down in like a bullet journal or wherever you want, but it makes it so you can come back to that standard whenever it gets challenged. Whenever you're on Instagram and you're like, oh my God, that girl's body is fire. Like what would I have to do to look like that? Why do you wanna look like that? Maybe she naturally looks like that, maybe she doesn't, maybe it doesn't matter. Why do you wanna look like that? And what do you look like when you're happy, when you're taking care of yourself, when you're healthy, when you're glowing? Because that needs to be your standard. That needs to be the standard you choose for yourself. And that is badass to do that, to choose your own standard rather than to choose a standard that's being set by people 
outside of you, you know? So yeah, I wanted to take a second for that one because I definitely feel, I know that it's not just girls that watch my videos, but I, I know that it's significantly mostly girls that watch my videos. So this one is really huge. It's one that I'm gonna try and continue to get better at talking about and be more open about, but it's one that I get a little like weary about talking about it because again too like people set standards over the people that are even allowed to talk about this body confidence and I think that if you have a body you should be able to talk about what it means to be confident or what it means to take care of that body and we all have bodies. Okay and you know what screw that because I just contradicted myself it doesn't even matter if you're female because males like men deal with this too actually they're probably more quiet about it so I just contradicted myself and I'm on a tangent already but all I'm saying is that if you have a body, then you have every right to set a standard for it and you have every right to talk about what makes you feel good in it and you have every right to own that body, own that standard, and also just own your confidence and own who you are. And I'm gonna stop this tangent now and move on to the next thing, but yeah, I just, it's important. So my next tip or the next thing that I've learned in 25 years is that your life is up to you. If there's even a chance that you can have the things that you want in life, that you have a vision of something that's going to just like what you picture for yourself, then it's up to you to go after it. It's up to you to drive in that direction. It's up for you. It's up to you to start putting forth the actions and the choices and the decisions that align with that and that create that future for you. And it's up to you is one of those things where I think it's easy when we kind of let life happen to us because then it's not our faults if we don't get what we want. But when you take ownership for what you want, then, and like ownership for the fact that it is up to you to go get it and to make it happen for yourself, even if you fail, if you fully believe in yourself and you're going after something, failure might be a setback, but you, you keep finding, you stay open, you stay light, and you keep finding ways to make it work for you. A lot of the times what you want is really just a reflection of something you want to feel. So you might fail in logical terms, in terms of like, let's say what you want is to marry Brad Pitt. Like, yes, you can definitely fail at that because, you know, maybe you don't end up mar marrying Brad Pitt. Maybe you do. It's up to you to find a way to meet Brad Pitt, to get on the path that would leave you in love with Brad Pitt and him in love with you. But even if you fail at marrying Brad Pitt, what you really want is to be in love. So maybe along the way you meet somebody else that actually makes you feel the way that it would have felt to marry Brad Pitt, then you didn't fail. So I really don't think you can fail when you take responsibility for the it being up to you part, as long as you're aware of the fact that failure is really just a perspective and you might fail at like the <clears throat> material goal of whatever it was that you were going after, but not if you can tie the feeling you're looking for to that goal because then failure is kind of nearly impossible. You just need to find something that's gonna give you the feeling of whatever that goal is for you. My next tip is to do your best and accept the rest. Again, one of those things that falls in alignment with a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about today, but you really can only do your best. Once you've made a decision, once you've taken on anything in life, or even if you're struggling with any kind of mental health issue, even if it's like hard for you to just get out of bed and shower, if that is your best, and only you will know what your best is, if that is your best, that's all you can really do. Do not beat yourself up for it. 
And, and I think again, it's that sense of self-reflection to know what your best is because nobody can tell you what your best is. You got to set your own standard based on what you know and feel to be true for yourself and in your life. In my experience with mental health and knowing people with mental health, it can sometimes be, and I know that this isn't just for people with mental health, but again, I feel like I've started, so I'll continue the thought. It can be easy to find excuses and not ways. I'm just like tying in all of these now, but it can sometimes be easy to find excuses and not ways. I don't think that that's always the case. If it really is like a mental health issue that's making it impossible to get out of bed, that's not you finding an excuse. That's you accepting the rest. That's you owning the truth. And then knowing that it might be best then to seek out help. You can do therapy from your bed. I do therapy on my laptop and I've done it sitting here in my bed before. So it's, it's just knowing that you know, do the best that you can given what is going on in your life, given what you know to be true and given that you only know what your best is and then accept the rest and don't beat yourself up. Don't break your neck. Um, just know that you're doing the best that you can and that's all you can really ask of yourself or from anyone else. The next step is to step into your authentic power. This is one of those things that I think I'm going to take more into 26. I feel like not that I've never stepped into my authentic power before, but it's always kind of I've never been really good at being super confident in myself and it's something that I think a lot of people can kind of relate to in one way or another, but to step into your authentic power is different than to just step into power because I think that, again, what we're taught is powerful is a societal norm or standard sometimes. And so your authentic power is understanding that you might not be the person in the room that's the most outgoing or the most charming, but you might be the person in the room that's the most artistic or the best at painting. And everybody has a power. Everybody has an authentic piece of themselves that will outshine other people. And it's not that it's about outshining anyone else, but it's about knowing that you don't have to feel, one, threatened by other people's power because it's not a reflection of how powerless you are. It's merely just a reflection of something that is tuned in them. But it, you have things tuned in you too. And when you step into your authentic power, when you stop trying to be powerful in the way that everybody else is powerful, and you start trying to be powerful in the way that only you can, that is stepping into your authentic power. That is owning the things that you're good at. That is owning who who you are and nobody can do that better than you can. So stepping into your authentic power is important. But again, I think it's one of those things that, and again, I could be just like labeling my entire life this way, but I, I think I've stepped into my authentic power at times, but I feel like most of my first 25 years on in life has been, has been me trying to step into more of a different standard of power and trying to kind of hide the things that I'm really good at or the hide the things that I truly enjoy and try and push myself and force myself into things that I, I thought I should do or thought I should enjoy or thought would bring me that sense of power um, and sense of confidence. But you know, only you can make yourself feel powerful and you can make yourself feel confident. And the things that make you feel powerful and confident are going to be different from everybody else. So step into your authentic power and know that nobody can do you like you do you, you know, which leads me to my next point, which is always and only speak your truth. And I think that's how you step into your authentic power is by speaking your truth. It's by owning who you are. It's by, and I say this, like even as I create videos and as I create podcasts, I love what I do, but it comes with sometimes like a bit of a, a conundrum because I'm always trying to make sure that I'm, I'm disclaiming that I'm only ever speaking from my own life experience. Cause that's all I can ever do. And I think that a lot of the times 
I'm like a very, okay, so I don't know how into astrology you are. I'm a Pisces with a moon in Libra, rising Pisces, Venus Pisces, like I'm just a super Pisces. Um, so honestly, I feel like I have a pretty good tendency of stepping into how other people feel and seeing things from almost any perspective. Like I'm very non-conflict. I don't stand by anything too hard because I can understand how there is always the other side of that pancake, you know? Um, but at the same time, I think that it's important to then also be aware that your truth isn't going to be the truth for everybody, which also comes with the fact that like not everybody's going to like you. But at the same time, you really truly only can speak your truth. And as long as you're honest and you're open about your truth and you know you've got nothing to hide, then that is how you step into your authentic power. My next one is that you and only you can define what you stand for and who you are. And this comes from somebody that I, like, in high school, I felt like I wasn't necessarily, and I think everybody feels this way, like, you just feel a little misunderstood. Um, I grew up in my family feeling a little misunderstood. I, I sometimes, in big groups and seas of people, feel a little bit misunderstood. I feel like sometimes I don't translate myself well. I feel like I've read really mean things about myself that are just, like, in not true in the slightest, but realizing that only you get to define who you are and not in the sense of you need to scream out to the world like this is who I am like people are gonna think what they're gonna think people are gonna say what they're gonna say and again people are also only ever reflecting back to you what they are experiencing so that's the whole not taking it too personally as well but also understanding that you get to define who you are you get to choose who you are and only you know in your deepest core of core who that is and what your intentions are and who you are and what standards and things you truly believe in and it's important to know this because I feel like if you don't have a very strong backbone in life, it can be really easy to take on other people's opinions about you and believe it to be true, or to take on other people's standards or societal standards and take that as your norm and take that as your truth. And it can also be really easy to, to kind of get bulldozed over by people that are very, very good at this, that are very good at speaking their minds, that are very good at uh, kind of speaking the loudest, if you will. And so, yeah, this comes from a really good place. I just feel like I, in my life, I haven't always had the, the strongest backbone and it's led to me allowing or like letting things slide that I probably shouldn't have because I was just like too afraid to stand up for myself or too afraid to speak up for myself. And then the times that you do stand up for yourself or do speak up for yourself, you're kind of labeled as like, I don't know, then it's just like, it just gets spun even more into just like people trying to define you in a certain way. And it's just like you, only you, and only you, I know I just said only you like five times, but only you can define who you are. And only you get to choose your standards. My next point is that actions and choices will always speak the loudest. Now, I do think words speak loudly as well because given my life experience, there's been times where I've known something to be true and I've spoken about it but I've been struggling with my choices and actions. But at the same time, actions and choices are always going to be the loudest, you know? They're gonna speak the loudest. They're gonna show more of who you are than your words ever can or ever will. Unless you like live behind an alias and you just like, like I know that a lot of, poet, a lot of poets don't show who they are and they just kind of push out their poetry, which is also really cool, but not what we're talking about right now, focus. The actions that you take and the choices that you make 
say a lot about who you are. And this is also a tricky subject matter. Everything I say is a tricky subject matter because I do know that a lot of the times our subconscious and our conscious can be at war with each other. Like we might know something to be true, but something is so embedded in us that it's, it's hard to sometimes align all of those things. I think it comes from a lot of healthy introspection. It comes from a lot of, you know, digging things to the root and finding out where they come from and therapy and all of these things that we talk about on a pretty much weekly basis at this point. But I do think that when you feel like your actions and your choices aren't aligning with your beliefs or your words or the things you're saying, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just might be time to kind of reflect on what is going on that's causing that disalignment. And I think that this is important to know with other people in your life too, that people can say really nice things to you and say really sweet things to you. And they might mean the best, but you have to you have to, you have to go off of people's actions and people's choices because they're always going to tell you a lot more than people's words. Again, it's a hard life lesson to learn sometimes, but it's one of those ones where if you take it lightly and you don't take it too seriously, then you'll always be a little bit more aware of your environment and aware of your surroundings and aware of what's actually going on around you and with you when you go by actions and choices instead of words. Next is that patience is always key. Uh, it's the hardest thing I think in life because when we want something, we want it now. But when you can find patience, when you can gracefully take a breath and trust the process, which it, it was gonna, I actually was gonna put trust the process on here, but I didn't, so I'll tie it into the patience thing. Patience is key and you need to trust the process. If you've put something out there and you've done it from a, from a good place and you're aligning yourself on a daily basis and you know, you're working hard and you're, you're trying to be a better person every day, then you just got to be patient if you feel like you're not where you want to be yet. And this whole patience is key is also important because I think that if you create space for yourself, which a lot of the times comes from patience, it comes from being able to sit back and wait and to give yourself some time, you'll create more space for yourself. And in that space, you'll actually find the truth of life. It's not about always gaining the next thing or becoming successful or basically conquering all these goals all the time and knowing that you have a goal and that you're driving towards it. That's definitely a huge part of life, but that patience aspect is where you find the gratitude. It's where you find the space to enjoy your life as it is, as you're on your way to where you're going. Um, patience is super key also too, because I think that if we did get everything overnight, then we wouldn't appreciate it. So the longer you wait for something, the more you're probably going to actually appreciate it. So again, patience is hard because if you don't trust the process, sometimes patience just kind of feels like you're deluding yourself or that patience kind of just feels like a waste of time. But when you're trusting of the process, when you're trusting of yourself, when you're trusting of life and your life in particular, patience is actually just space. It's just space that you're giving yourself to really download whatever it is that you're waiting for. And then the next one, which I feel like we've kind of touched on quite a few times in this video, so I won't tangent on it for too long, but it's no matter what, be kind. This is another one of those things that I think think I was always taught this by my parents definitely growing up and again I don't think this is a black and white thing because I do think that it is important to be able to have a backbone and to be able to stand up for yourself but I think that you can also stand up for yourself and stand up for the things you believe in and stand up for the things that you're passionate about while still being kind. A really good example of this is I've been eating a plant-based diet or a vegan diet since about 2013. And it's so funny because I'll get in the room with new people that maybe don't know me very well. And when they find 
find out I'm vegan, they're like, oh my god, like, am I gonna, like, it's almost like you kind of get this moment where you can tell that they're waiting for you to then be like, you know, just like come at them with all of your truths and come at them with all of your perspectives and opinions. And I think that when you treat people with kindness, you get more bees with honey than vinegar, I think is the term. Not that your intention, or at least my intention with veganism or plant-based diets, is to ever make anyone feel like they have to. I just think that when you treat people with kindness, you actually end up sparking more curiosity in people instead of getting people's guard, instead of getting people's walls, instead of getting people's, uh, like not necessarily negativity, I can't think of the word right now, but just, Especially when it comes to the plant-based thing, I feel like that's a really easy one for me to tie it off to, but I also, for reading mean comments, for instance, like when I read something or see somebody that's just like kind of just being a jerk for no reason, it's so much easier, not only for me, but even for the other person, if I treat that with kindness and I rise above it and I try and be graceful with those moments because I think that when we lower to the negativity that other people are being consumed by, not only do we then get consumed by that negativity, but we continue to ripple out more of it across the whole freaking world. And it's just like, the world does not need more of that. We all know that. The world needs more kindness. The world needs more positivity, even if it means like, you kind of have to swallow some pretty hurtful things. Just don't take it too personally, tying it to another one. Don't take it too seriously, tying it to another one, but also, Treat people with kindness, including the ones, especially the ones that are defensive, that's the word, and negative, because I think that those are the people that actually need it most, and that are probably hurting and starving for that kindness the most. So yeah, treat people with kindness. So these last two, I wanted them to hit home because they are big and they're important. And the first one is you either have to play the game or you need to change it. This comes from, from my personal experience in life, definitely social media. I feel like I'm learning how to change the game right now because I don't want to play it in the way that it's been played necessarily. As always, I'm speaking very generally when I talk about a lot of these things in these podcasts, but at the same time, I do see a lot of patterns and a lot of things on social media that I don't necessarily stand by. And for instance, like clickbaiting or uh, creating like fluff content just for the sense of having a lot of consistency or having a lot of uploads or increasing revenue, increasing uh, subscribers. Another thing, and I, I like personally, I know that if I were to be half naked a lot of the times, I would get like more Instagram followers. Like there's a lot of just honest to God truths about social media that are out there. And I mean, I don't really talk about them very often because I always feel like I don't have a place to, which is really weird, but I do notice these traits and I notice these patterns and I notice these quick, like quick success schemes that would work really well. And you, as a creator and as a content, whatever, or anyone that's on YouTube, anyone that's on any kind of social media platform that's trying to build something, that's trying to build an empire, that's trying to build a brand, that's trying to build a reputation, build a message, build a cause, build in anything, you will feel tempted to use those quick and easy things that tend to be very successful and very quick and like very easy online and with social media. But I think that playing the game the way that it's always been played, it can be an easy win sometimes, but if you don't really like the game and you have to be honest with yourself because there are people that are playing that game and like it's no bother to them and that's totally fine too. But if you don't like the game, you gotta learn a way to like play it the way that you wanna play it or change the game. I don't know why I use social media with this. Actually, I do. I was recently talking about this with another person that actually does YouTube and we were talking about like how exhausting it can be and how 
just like there's so many things that you can do that would help, but there's things that you don't want. Those are things that you don't want to do. And I've always kind of stuck strong on those. And even when I've maybe fallen into creating content that I thought was more, I don't know, it just didn't feel as like deeply rooted. It felt a little bit more for show. It still was coming from a place of like, I just want to build a blah, 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 blah. Like it was, I don't know. I just learned a lot from those experiences and I learned that the game of social media in for instance, or the game of life, the game of whatever it is that you feel is your board right now in front of you in terms of what's going on in your life. If you don't like the game or you feel like you're losing or you feel like it's not being played right, you can change it. You either have to play it or you got to change it. And that's totally up to you. It's a lot harder to change a game than it is to just play it. But it just kind of boils down to how well you want to sleep at night and how good you want to feel making the actions and choices. I love that everything is kind of tying back into itself, but making the actions and choices that you do, it kind of just boils down to how good you want to feel within about the things you're doing, you know? And the last one that I will leave you guys with, the 25th thing that I've learned in 25 years is to never stop dreaming. Are you really surprised that a Pisces just left you with that one? Um, the never stop dreaming is super important because I think that not to get too hippie on you guys, but like we are literally experiencing life right here in the third dimension. Dreams are fourth dimension. Dreams are maybe even fifth dimension, honestly, but dreams happen first and then they come here to the third dimension. And if you never stop dreaming, if you never stop having faith, thinking and rising above what you know and see around you to what you dream could be true, then you'll never stop improving upon this earth, improving upon your own life, improving upon the life of other people. Again, I mean, hopefully your dreams are in alignment with a happier, more peaceful world. I mean, I think most of ours are always again with the disclaimer of not hurting anybody, but like, I just think that we're kind of here. And as much as we do know, as much as we do know about life, there is a lot that we still don't know. And a lot of that comes from like, why are we even here in the first place? And I do think it all boils down to, first of all, everything that we pretty much talked about today, but also to dream and to then be able to kind of manifest and create your dream in the third dimension. In the 3D world, which is the world that we live in, we are basically able to pull thoughts and ideas and dreams into this third dimensional world and then experience that energy here and with our bodies and through our senses. And so never stop dreaming, never stop believing in better because the more you do that, the more you're going to tune to it, the more you're going to bring it into your third dimensional dimensional reality through your perspective. And um, yeah, you're going to make the world a better place. So there you go. Never stop dreaming. And that's all my 25 things. So kind of cool that they all started to tie back into one another, but those are as of right now, probably the top 25 life lessons that I'd say are most important to me in this moment. Um, tomorrow is my birthday. So maybe there will be a new life lesson that I'll learn. I don't know. Why am I even, sometimes I get really weird when I have to like close out a video because I'm like, how do I even tie that up? We just talked about a lot of deep things. And not only that, we just talked for a really long time. So I'll just tie it up on that. I hope you guys enjoyed. Depending on whatever age you are, feel free to write down however many life lessons based on your age in the comment section down below. Also, don't forget to subscribe, follow, thumbs up put on that notification bell, do all of those things if you want to keep hanging out in the cozy corner of the Coz Crew. And aside from that, I will see all of you guys in the next Coffee Talk. Bye, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com.